Good evening, morning, lunch break, or vanilla twilight. I'm Thor Van Walsen with CFRC's Biology Bobbles, and joining me today to make sure I don't say anything that will make me unemployable in the near future, Yulia Vatamanu. Vatamanu, but Vatamanu. that's good enough. Okay, Thank Romanian you. name. That's uh, that's above above my pay grade, which that's right okay. now is nothing. All right. So, are you familiar with the phrase "pecca contra naturum"? I cannot say that I am. Okay. It means sin against nature. <laughs> and in many Bible-thumping communities in the Americas, it has been used to describe the sin of sodomy or homosexuality. Uh, and with your permission, I'd like to read some quotes from the BibleReasons.com forward slash sodomy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Um, from the introductory paragraph of their 2006-looking website, uh, quote, Anal to anus sex should not be done, even if it's in marriage, and it is very dangerous. The anus has a lot of bacteria, and with anal sex, there's a greater chance of having anal cancer. Is sodomy a sin? Yes. Sodomy is homosexuality, and God never intended for a penis to go inside an anus. Okay, I'm sorry, but I'm trying not to laugh so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of decided to start the episode off with that for the same reason that Netflix decided to make a Flat Earth Society documentary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's uh, a low point in humanity that we can look back at and laugh at for the next thirty to forty-five minutes. Okay, wait, but sorry, did I mm -hmm. just hear this wrong? But nowhere does it actually say like, does it say homosexuality itself is a sin or just uh, penis and anus is sin? I don't think Peter sat down and, and wrote in ancient Hebrew, penises shouldn't go in anuses, <laughs> which would be a hilarious la phrase, I'm sure, in Latin. Um, but there are some quotes from Leviticus and Romans. Um, from Leviticus 20, 13, uh, if a man has sexual relations with another male as he would a woman, both have committed a repulsive act. They are certainly to be put to death. Um, and then from Romans 1, 25, 27, God delivered them to degrading passions as their females exchanged their natural sexual function for one that is unnatural. In the same way, their males had abandoned their natural sexual function toward females and burned with lust towards one another. Which sounds like a night at stage rages. <laughs> A bit. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> but also, wasn't the Leviticus translation actually an incorrect translation? It's not supposed to be man supposed not supposed to lie with man. It's supposed to be man isn't supposed to lie with a boy. So it's actually against oh, pedophilia, not homosexuality. That would absolutely be something worth mentioning to our Christian viewers. Uh, so yeah, we're not bashing the entire religion, not, not the, the whole religion or all interpretations of it. Or yeah, also I'm by no means an expert, but yeah. I could I have read somewhere that it is an improper <laughs> translation and because of that it's been misconstrued to uh cover yeah. homosexuality as opposed to pedophilia, which is what the original like writing was meant to. I've also heard that a lot of the um a lot of the Old Testament writings mm -hmm. um that originally were used as arguments for condemning homosexuality. Yeah. A lot of the New Testament writings kind of contradicted that. And again, I haven't really read the Bible. I'm not an expert. We're mostly just here to laugh at the people who continue to use religion and more specifically condemning something like that as an unnatural act. Because it's in the Bible. Someone, uh, an old white man wrote this like 3,000 <laughs> years ago and yep. we're going to follow it to the letter. To be fair though, an old white man 2,000 years ago was like our age. True. So people make mistakes. Oh yeah, of anyway, course. Uh, so the fact is while the larger scale study of homosexual behavior only started in the early 1800s, homosexuality has been observed in natural settings as early as Aristotle, uh, but with whole different levels of meaning. For example, in ancient Egypt. And I think I already told you my uh, my fun pigeons fact, but um, oh. just because my personal conversational life isn't 
uh, at the discretion or access of most of our viewers. Mm -hmm. In his musings, Aristotle correctly noted homosexual behavior in quails and doves, as well as pigeons, who are now known to form long-lasting homosexual bonds, as well as occasionally taking a pleasure tumble with other members of the same sex. In Egypt, pigeons have always symbolized love, devotion, and sacrifice, but according to some hieroglyphologists, two pigeons symbolizes homosexual love, and we seem to have somewhat come around to the idea that homosexuality is naturally occurring in the Lawrence versus Texas case, wherein the American Psychiatric Association, among other groups, cited in their Amici Curie brief, which is a horrible pronunciation of the Latin, I'm sure, uh, to the United States Supreme Court, they cited homosexuality in animals as a reason to overturn sodomy laws in 14 states. Huh. Yeah, so this is actually kind of relevant, I guess. This episode isn't just a, a huh. Like, that's a, that's a fun fact. Wow. Like, penguins are gay. That's oh, cool. Like, we're using gay penguins to, uh, to overturn uh, homophobic laws in the States. Right, because, like, let's be real, no heterosexual couple who's done sodomy, like, or committed sodomy has mm -hmm. ever, like, been persecuted for it. Like, yeah. l l let's just put that out there. Mm -hmm. Because, come on, that's not, that's never been an issue. Yeah, like, this this was the 90s that we're talking about. That's, they're okay. Anyway, uh, the thought process behind homosexuality being unnatural, however, is understandably confusing from a biological perspective. In a world of Darwinian thought, the idea of two individuals having sex that costs valuable energy while producing no offspring is paradoxical. Darwin, too, was confused, but not just by the gays. <laughs> in his Origin of Species, Darwin is quoted in saying, I will not enter on these several cases, but will confine myself to one special difficulty which is a great 1800s way of saying, I, I'm totally okay with people being gay, uh, but there's still one thing that confuses me. And that is, continuing with the quote, which at first appeared to me insuperable and actually fatal to the whole theory, being theory of evolution right. and natural selection. I allude to these neuters or sterile females in the insect communities, for these neuters often differ widely in, in, in insect and structure from both the males and fertile females, and yet from being sterile, they cannot propagate their kind. And while the paradox can ultimately be mathematically justified by W.D. Hamilton's Law of Inclusive Fitness, biologist John Maynard Smith, in his book The Origin and Maintenance of Sex, flipped the phallocentric script, uh, to quote from his book now, heterosexual sex too is a paradoxical thing uh, due to the, quote, waste in reproductive capacity in the form of males rather than asexuality. <laughs> Which is a great <laughs> argument. You know, I, I, I remember reading that. It was just like two weeks ago and I sat back in my bed and I was like, huh. So what I'm hearing yeah. is men are a waste of space. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what I actually think, but that's what right, said. Right, right. And of, of course... <laughs> As with the the whole Bible verses thing, like we're not supposed to take it like literally. No, but. no, and 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 th this isn't what I think as a man myself. Mm -hmm. But it's a really interesting point that if we're looking at sex from the perspective of just maximizing reproduction and yes. maximizing the use of our energy, mm -hmm. why don't we all have females? Like, why didn't sex evolve so that females could have sex with other females? Or like, why aren't we all unisex? Yeah. Or like. Or hermaphrodites. Yep. It it. <laughs> If we're talking from an energetic perspective, insects don't really make sense. They can you can kind of like work your way around with with, with math, mm -hmm. but then <laughs> just men don't either. The fact that having two sexes doesn't make sense, and and I mean of course, sex is now transitioning towards, or is it is it sex or gender? 
you're gonna have to guide me a little um, bit on this one genders uh, genders a spectrum right and it, yes. sex is biological okay, sex yeah. is like biological so it's right. determined by your x and y chromosomes right. but it's also determined by the presence of your, your reproductive organs and when you have both that's when you we have something called intersex i believe but don't quote me on that okay okay or hermaphrodism mm-hmm. or hermaphrod or kendall uh if you have neither yeah <laughs> Moving on, the the term homosexual was coined by Carl Maria Kent, Kurt, Kurt Benny in 1868 to describe same sexual attraction and sexual behavior in humans. Well, going to the root word of uh, homosexual, like yep. homo means one, right? So you know, mm-hmm. homogenous versus heterogeneous. Right, homosexual meaning one. same sex. Yes. Yep. And the, the 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 key part here is that it's both sexual attraction and sexual behavior. Yes. Which is important because for example a lesbian woman can be forced by societal norms to marry a man in a kind of you know heteronormative society that's yep. performing heterosexual behavior while having no sexual attraction therefore the modern use of homosexual in animal studies can be controversial because mm-hmm. animal sexuality and the motivating factors behind them have been and remain poorly understood uh, there's one scientific paper by Bailey NW and Zuck M not Zach, just Zuck, um, <laughs> is quoted in saying, scientific writing would benefit from reserving this anthropomorphic term for humans and not using it to describe behavior in other animals because of its deeply rooted context in society. Now, have you ever heard of Donna Haraway? No, but the name sounds so familiar. Yes, and that's because uh, unlike most of the people that I quote from this and many episodes, she's still alive. She is a modern day feminist philosopher and biologist and many other things. Good for uh, her. her official term from her biography on biography.com uh, is feminist cyborg scholar, hmm. which is by far the most badass title that someone can have. Yeah, honestly, that sounds like pretty like, like uh, you know, she's just like you have a problem, she just bursts through the door and there she is. Yeah, you know? feminist cyborg scholar Donna Haraway. <laughs> What's up? Explain what that means, though. Oh, I okay. Uh, cyborg feminism. I don't fully understand. Uh, the idea of it basically. As, as we're touching on it in our cultural studies class, is the idea that it goes against the idea of second wave feminism in that second wave feminism says all women should oppose the patriarchy because all women are the same. When in reality, so much of what makes you you is externally determined factors, right. largely set by the patriarchy. And so you have to oppose those and defy the idea that you're naturally liking to bake and cook and being submissive because you're a female because yeah, that's because just it's, it's like drawing into the question do you are those things that you actually like are those right. things that part of your nature yeah or is it like or was stuff it nurtured? that like nurtured into yeah. you by and, society and she's arguing that it is 100 percent nurture as i understand it anyway but we're not here to talk about cyborg no, feminism just like a quick touch on the subject for the viewers yes. that don't know what it is <laughs> sure but mostly because uh she has a great quote uh saying people reaffirm many of their beliefs about each other and what kind of planet the earth can be by telling each other what they think they are seeing as they watch the animals. Now, do you see where I'm going with this? Not quite. Okay, that's that's fine, because many distinctly disciplinary approaches and projects have been brought together uh, in, in terms of researching the homosexuality, or you know, anthropomorphic term homosexuality, in quotes, on animals through the handiwork of popular journalism which has made a thriving business out of reporting queer behavior in animals that often implies a connection to the nature of homosexuality seen in one scenario to homosexuality in humans, which are more often than not vastly different. I mean, first of all, we can't really compare human behavior with 
animal behavior right. because that just doesn't But we love sense. to. I mean, the, the very fact that there there are people listening to this episode right now is, is proof that people say, oh, homosexuality and animals. Cool. And a lot of, and I mean, myself included going in, I'm like, I'm just going to do an episode where I talk about how cute it is that penguins, you know, couple up and are gay. And that's, and, the, and how adorable and heartwarming that is. Or how the, the pigeons in ancient Egypt yes. are actually a symbol, two of them are a symbol of uh, homosexuality. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, the reason why I find that heartwarming and inspiring is because I'm seeing humanity in the animals when that might not necessarily be the case. I'm going to I'm going to go to an example. In 1994, two marine zoologists named Lutz and Voigt, which surprisingly enough they're American. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, they could be immigrants. You never know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. When they were surveying a, a deep-sea hydrothermal vent, they inadvertently catch, captured two male octopi of different species mating and quoting from uh, Richard A. Lutz of Rutgers University, quote, raised all sorts of questions about what is going on down there, <laughs> which I think is kind of a fun perspective of taking. Like, for all we know, the deep-sea vents could just be a like a octopus closet space. Have you ever seen like those like memes or those pictures? It's like uh, 10 freaky animals like uncovered at the bottom of the, the deep ocean. Or it's like <laughs> the scientists better stop finding freaky stuff down there. Otherwise, I'm going to like, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> yep. And now we know that uh, octopi will sometimes go down there to have interracial sex. Oh, wow. Or interspecial? Interspecial. Interspecial, okay. I think, is the more appropriate I guess maybe, term. like, can they reproduce, though? Because are they even, if they're not from the same genus, I'm not... Right. They can't reproduce. They can't reproduce. They cannot. So, to give you a little bit of an idea, like, the degree to which this is... At face value, this should be big. One octopus was 15 inches long and white, and it was penetrating a brownish-gray 6-foot-4-plus octopus of an entirely different species. So, like evolutionarily they branched off a long time ago okay but they're still they're still doing their thing down there I mean, and it this... sounds like they're having a good time you know oh yeah yeah <laughs> and uh they they actually observed <laughs> they, they they observed the symptoms of orgasm in the in the octopi namely hyperventilation and kind of like clutching which is also cute I... question mark yeah, <laughs> uh, question mark definitely yeah definitely definitely a, a little bit of a gray area there but it was big because it was the first observed example of same-sex octopus behavior and interspecial octopus relations uh, the media of course had a field day making jokes about being approached by an octopus at a singles bar but the scientists conclusions about it are what throws kind of a shadow over the whole thing they theorized that as these creatures in the past have only been observed reproducing heterosexually the encounter must have resulted from a lack of female octopi which assumes that transpecial homosexual assignation complete with the exhibited throes of passion in the penetrating octopi, such as hyperventilation, was just a result of males looking for a last resort to satisfy the instinct to reproduce. Okay, first off, that made me, like, roll my eyes. So basically, yep. what they're saying is, like, the only reason why the two male octopi yes. um, were mating with one another is because there was no presence of females. Yes. Female octopi, that's just... Yeah, and... Fun. Especially when you extrapolate this to human behavior, such as the popular media loves to do, saying, oh, look, gay octopi that aren't actually gay because no one's actually gay because so everyone's just waiting to be. Yes. Like everyone's just waiting for the right woman or the right guy. Mm -hmm. It's symptomatic of a backwards yet deeply rooted belief in science, especially that reproduction and sex are one. Uh, in other words, Lutz and Voigt cannot think outside the framework of heterosexual reproduction. Similarly, we can't wholly look at monkeys sexually as our peer, as a lot of what we consider to be grossly illegal human behavior is not only legal, but natural to them, such as incest among gibbons, 
quote, sexual harassment among vervet monkeys or rape in orangutans, where it is a rule rather than the exception. Now, does that mean that we as humans have a biological right to conceive 80% of our offspring through rape? Of fucking course not. Uh, <laughs> and this just goes further to show the efficacy of Donna Haraway's quote. The very fact that we are imposing words like rape and harassment, which I, I read in separate papers, yes. uh, onto their interactions is indicative of the fact we see ourselves in them and we use the stories they tell to increase our understanding of our own world. But we can't make those extrapolations and we consistently do. So we shouldn't be making those extrapolations, but we consistently do. And yes. in realizing the fact that, hey, so we know that they're animals and what they're doing, if a human were to do it, is wrong, but we're mm. still going to keep looking to animals for examples. That doesn't seem mm. to make sense. Also, none um, of this makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, chimpanzees, which I think for the longest time are mm -hmm. considered humans' like closest relative. I yeah. Think they, they I, are, I believe they are they genetically. Are, genetically, they are like the yep. closest, I think like 99% or something. something. A like lot that. of their uh, conception is also through rape, unfortunately. So, yep. like, we can't, if you really want to look through example, like, again, the fact that it's like conception is through rape mm -hmm. should tell us that there is a problem with, like you said, extrapolating. Yeah. Human and that's animals. that's monkeys too like yeah. like you said chimpanzees I, i'm not sure on the exact numbers of this but their genetics are like 99 to 99.6 the same yeah. as humans mm -hmm. just the how like bananas are 70 <laughs> percent we, we share 70 percent of our genome with I bananas it was 50 oh was it only 50 i don't know but like either it, it, way it's like a much higher number lot. than you would expect and so just because bananas grow in bunches on trees doesn't mean that it's appropriate for me to climb a tree and start just, just sucking sap <laughs> Have you ever heard of a little thing called the Phoenix model? I have not, no. Okay. In 1959, based on the mating behaviors of female guinea pigs, the Phoenix model remains a basis of research on sexual orientation in animals and humans. And it is this. It's the idea that what happens in the earliest phases of development when the gonads and brains form largely determines the anatomical and behavioral characteristics of an individual, starting at gestation and ending shortly after birth. And the idea is that all mammalian brains are originally female in structure, and the brains of males are differentiated from females through a developmental process induced by the male sex hormones called androgens. In this model, both male genitalia and the male brain's hormonal system enhancements that regulate both sexual behavior and mathematical activity are determined. Do you initially see any problems with this? Well, for one, this is guinea pigs. So <laughs> it, wasn't it yep. also like debunked recently, like despite all oh, like, yeah. the lab rats that we've used for medicine and oh, yeah. like various other studies, they actually had like very few relational effects. For example, mm -hmm. like uh, a drug that worked on cancer, like I think it was like lung cancer in mice when it was tested <coughs> on humans, it was actually like had negative effects Ooh. so it was like that's hmm. a swing and a miss that's yeah. a charlie brown with the football <laughs> also if we look at like human um sex characteristics i believe like in epigenetics yep. it's when um for females it's when you're in the womb because mm -hmm. that's when your eggs are created so that's okay. when all of your eggs are made and then for males which are the determining factor between like um male sex or female sex that's when around like in the beginning of puberty when they start to produce sperm so mm -hmm. that's when, like, kind of, I guess you could say all of the um, sex difference. Differentiation. Differentiation. Is okay. Made, so, in um, humans, anyway. Yeah. And uh, there's a little bit of a problem. And there, 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 there are problems and there are good things that you can read uh, yeah. from the Phoenix model. And there's some credibility to it. Okay. Um, it's, it's mostly how we interpret it. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Hormonal regulation will never be 100% or 0% for either gender meaning that individuals will express hormonal and morphological variations that place them between opposing poles of male and female. 
seen to be the source of sexually anomalous behavior such as masturbation, the adoption of atypical sex roles, and bum 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 homosexuality. So okay. there's some cool stuff there uh, in that it hormonally, like at when when our gonads and brains are being formed, mm-hmm. that's just like the Phoenix model is 100% in support of the idea of a of a trans man or woman. The idea right. that you can be born with the the like a male genitalia, but because of the hormones you're exposed to at birth, for example, you could have the you know the the mind of a female. Yeah, um, I'm not really like qualified to talk right, on like trans neither. issues, but <laughs> there are like there is a presence of both uh, male and female sex hormones. So everyone has mm-hmm. some amount of testosterone yes. and estrogen going through their body, and some people just have more or less of it than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the problem is, of course, when we see uh, this as the source of sexually anomalous behavior, such mm-hmm. as masturbation or uh, sexuals unbecoming of the biological sex. Right. In the Phoenix model, low levels of male hormones in the earliest ev- developmental period cause the original female structure of the brain to be retained, maintaining females exhibiting homosexual behavior. So, oh. Take that from the top again. Jesus. <laughs> Meaning, take another sip first. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> that's a good idea. Mm. Yeti, I love you. Your cups are great, but Jesus, you can hold heat too well. That's been for like two hours and it's still piping hot. Dang. Shout out to Yeti. Sponsor us. Okay. Meaning, females exhibiting homosexual behavior are akin to heterosexual males having a primarily male brain organization. This suggests that, with regards to humans, gay men and straight women are more likely to be well-spoken, and straight men and lesbians are expected to be both engineers and rapists. Oh, wow. Love that extrapolation right there. Yeah. (laughs) And this obviously has a ton of problems and is by no means an end-all explanation. And yet, uh, in 1991, which is recent, (laughs) recent enough... I mean, it's okay, like it's like 30 years ago years now. 29 years ago. 29 years, yeah. But Sorry, I'm a math. I like math. So. 30 is just so much nicer than 29. I know, I know. It's it's so close to 30. You know, so. to be fair, though, when I am 30, I'm I'm going to be telling myself 29. <laughs> Aren't we all? Shout out to uh, 30-year-old Thor when you're living in a bachelor apartment and, with uh, uh, stinky Cleo. Yes, old and Cleo. listening to this again. Yep. <laughs> reminiscing on the good old days. Good old days. Uh, in 1991, Simon Levé, a neuroanatomist at the Salk Institute of San Diego, claimed that one portion of the brain, the third interstitial nucleus of the anterior hypothalamus, was less than half as big in gay men as in heterosexual men, making it about the same average size as a woman's. There were tons of scientific problems with this in his procedure and his, like... and his claims, mm-hmm. um, especially because it was based on experiments with rats. Of course. Of course it's with rats. <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking, I'm like, there's no way no. that they would do this with a human cadaver. <laughs> no. Especially not, like, to the degree that you would need to scientifically prove it. Yeah. Yeah. LaVey's work was based on his experiments with rats and their exhibition of different mating behaviors. Mm-hmm. The basic premise is that straight male rats will mount their partner and straight female rats will show lordosis which is a fancy term for when you're kind of like showing off your booty. Like you're, the viewers can't, 
can't so hear me. Well, uh, like if you're at a club and you like put your hands on your th- and you like, f- you know, flex your butt. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, lordosis. So for the viewers, if you want to try lordosis, mm-hmm. uh, get down into kind of like a squat <laughs> this position. Is, this is why I needed a kin, a kin student. Oh my gosh. Just put your hands kind of you. on your knees. Yep. And then like arch your lower th- back as hard <laughs> as you can. Yeah, I'm let's see. I'm actually going to do it. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, so okay. Thor right now, he's going to try and do it. So hands on your knees. Hands sweet. on my knees. And then arch your lower back as hard as you can, but keep your I'm chest sorry, I'm, up. I'm too straight. Go. I'm too straight. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> Literally not gay enough to yeah. achieve lordosis. No, my, my back started to hurt. God doesn't, I guess, something. <laughs> it, it's a sin for you. It, yeah. It's just, it's too simple. <sighs> Shit. I mean, one joke in a, in a podcast and now I'm going to hell. <laughs> Go figure. I'll meet you there. All right. And now supposedly, yeah, so it, it's when you're, where you tuck your pelvis inwards and make that thing pop. And supposedly the neuroendocrine system in rats is believed to be more closely related to sexuality in rats than by social organization and environment, which is a lot of the case in primates. Therefore, when you shrunk the INAH3 region of the brain in heterosexual male mice, they would start to show more feminine behavior such as lordosis, leading him to believe that these mice were gay. Uh, He supported this by quoting an earlier study of rhesus monkeys, wherein 6 of 11 monkeys had their hypothalamus ablated or damaged. Of course, that was kind of his reason for taking that from rat to monkey to human. But the problem there, of course, being those 6 that had their hypothalamus damaged were less likely to mount females, but more likely to masturbate, uh, which was a decrease in heterosexual behavior, but maintained libido. So he used this to say, because they're not behaving normally, they must be gay. But this is clearly just saying, um, Mm -hmm. if we're going by the obviously like wrong model of extrapolating from um, rats rats to monkeys and then (laughs) humans, it's saying that they're not, it's not that they lost an interest or capacity Mm -hmm. to uh, engage in heterosexual reproduction, but they just prefer not to. So maybe yeah. they're doing it for pleasure. Could it be? Could it be? And also, there are tons of holes with this. Like, tons and tons and tons. I personally uh, just have for an one. issue with the fact that it's like, oh, so only if their brain is damaged, then that means they're gay. Yes, that, which like, absolutely implies that some kind of malfunction or, or like a... something wrong or something to be fixed with yeah, gay people. Yeah, which, which we will come back on, which is an unfortunate uh, viewpoint that people can still take today which just to be uh, clear yeah. neither of us have that viewpoint right right we if anything we're talking about it to criticize it yes quite a few holes in this conclusion uh for one it's not always female rats twerking and male mats mounting uh, it's more of a give and take with turns of mounting and being mounted oh. uh and also in many rodent species it is the female behavior to do the active soliciting and choosing of males right, which would be it? associated with masculine behavior mm-hmm. in our society isn't it like common in like a animal species for the females to actually be oh, larger yeah. than the males so that yeah. like the females get to choose you know mm. yeah that's that's a especially shout out to birds for being aggressive in that in that manner consent oh is key yeah. except for ducks ducks uh we do not stand ducks are in a little bit of a gray area with us right now because on one hand Very mallards true. can often be gay so kudos to them for that. That's cool. But then also they uh, have shown rape tendencies. So, oh, uh. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to back to rats. In another respect, our brains are not the same as rats, nor are even mice, who despite showing occasional homosexual behavior, don't even have INAH3 part of the brain. Just to recap, the INAH3 is supposed to be the... Uh... The, the gay part of the brain. Like if it's small... Yeah. 
then supposedly you're gay, you're gay. or like female or if, female if, yeah. yeah and t- the idea to take that his experiments in damaging the brains of rats to make them show different behaviors associated with different sexes and taking that to make implications about humans when mice don't even have that part of the brain that is a huge jump to make <laughs> yeah so, and so the, mice just don't have that part of the brain at all yeah at least according to the paper i read Okay, cool. So can we stop extrapolating from mice to humans? Mm -hmm. Extrapolating, I think, is the word of the episode. Just uh, be ready to hear it a lot more because it didn't stop. At you should have this like, guy uh, at the end we should like, Simone have Levy. a counter just say, say yeah I should I yeah. should go through and be like I said extrapolation extrapolation extrapolate extrapolate <laughs> stop we're patting the counter extrapolation verb to extrapolate thank you thank you very cool <laughs> yeah I'll just at the end applause? here you go <laughs> yeah the final point I would make is that in his supporting study on rhesus monkeys, they showed a decrease in heterosexual behavior, but no increase in homosexual behavior. Just because you masturbate instead of having sex doesn't mean you're gay. Just makes you a loser. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't mean that you can't get... It doesn't mean that, like, you don't want to reproduce. You just don't... Like, you just can't. Yep. And then also, there was was one more point. Actually, I I used the word final too, too early. They didn't take into account that the monkeys might just be fucking scared. <laughs> like, they didn't consider at all the idea that, you know, they might want to be secluded and not come near other organisms has nothing to do with the fact that they were taken and had open brain surgery performed and then put back into the wild. That's, they, they didn't consider that at all to okay, be a factor. That's obviously, like, a huge oversight yeah. to miss. Like, how are you going to put an animal through an obviously traumatic experience, mm-hmm. which for any human is also very traumatic. And then use that animal's behavior to, to make assumptions about humans. Like, no, that, that's not okay. Yeah, not cool. Simone LeVay slash Simon LeVay, shout out for being kind of shitty. Like, sorry, man. Like, you shouldn't A lot have, of these shouldn't run with are that. kind of shitty. Yeah, and so. well, it, it is a roller coaster. There, there's some ups and downs. I'm going to quote from Jennifer Terry at Duke University. Quote, this approach takes body parts and processes to be interchangeable across species and thus decontextualizes them from the ensemble of biology and behavior of a particular species. The traffic moves from animals to humans, directed by neuroscientists and geneticists whose reductionist method obliges them to bracket certain questions that cannot readily be tied simply to biological phenomena. Biological reductivism, that is the foundation of this kind of research, leads scientists to imagine animals as isomorphic, uh, such that a minute gesture or brain fragment is seen to be analogous across species. Okay. Yeah, so shout out for Jennifer Terry at Duke University for being woke and also providing uh, a summary paper that we, I spent like three days reading. Shout out. That was, we that was do great. stand. Thank you. Yeah. We stand with Jennifer Terry that, and Wet'suwet'en. I don't know what you said. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce uh, the, the native tribes oh. uh, name that are like blocking via rails right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, four sure years later, just... in 1995, scientists Oldenwald and Zhang, uh, did you hear anything about this? Oldenwald, the Oldenwaldans? Okay. Uh, inserted genes into fruit flies in order to cause an error in tryptophan processing throughout the organism and resulting in low serotonin levels. And for those who don't know, uh, low serotonin levels correlated in lab rats, cats, mice, and rabbits, uh, as well as some examples in humans, uh, with depression, aggression, and overly sexual behavior, uh, which was lumped into the category of homosexuality. 
Oh, great. Oh, great. Uh, also, serotonin is one of the, like, the cuddle hormones. The other mm-hmm. one's, like, um, dopamine. Mm-hmm. And then, I believe... Oxytocin? Oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yeah, that's the last for one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I saw this, like... This is kind of unrelated, but it's like, are you masturbating? Like, are you uh, like masturbating because you're horny, or do you just need the dopamine? <laughs> they sound okay. They sound like the same thing, right? Mm. I guess. I don't know. Write to us like, at uh, sixteen tjvw at queensu.ca. What does it mean to be horny? Like, are are you horny, or are you just low on dopamine? Because there is a difference. Coming up, never. <laughs> <laughs> We will never address it again. Probably, well, maybe. I don't know. Who knows what the future holds? Never say never, right? Anyway, this is the same reason why people with serotonin boosting antidepressants can show diminished sexual desire. Oh, I see. And Time Magazine followed up uh, with a story about the laboratory system in which a DNA transplant made male fruit flies turn away from females in what amounted to a gay fruit fly conga line, with the subtitle "DNA transplant made these male fruit flies turn away from females." What does that say about the origins of homosexuality? I think so. I think that was kind of cool for a for a hot second. You know, <laughs> uh, gay fruit fly conga line is definitely something I want on That's my. Like, sounds uh, like a buzzword. You know, like a buzz phrase. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like. Have you ever been on the? I haven't touched Reddit in a little while, but there's some subreddit dedicated to like the first time anyone has ever said this phrase. And to be honest, I'm I am honestly surprised that I am one of like thousands of, of people to have said gay fruit fly conga line <laughs> it's just anyhow in this experiment oldenwald and zhang classified the fruit flies as gay and moreover that genetic manipulations made them that way and at the time this was actually received with somewhat of a public sigh of relief because people were still worried that you could catch gay okay i'm sorry <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's it. Like, Thor, you're gay now. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if, like, that's how, like, homosexuality was kind of, I guess, perpetuated. You know what? Really? I, I have... Think, for lack of a better term. I have heard some conspiracy theories that I can't really touch on with credence right now mm-hmm. that the reason more and more people are coming out as gay mm-hmm. isn't because society is shifting towards a, a place and a, yeah and and forcing people to go against their sexuality but rather because the government is trying to control overpopulation and so it's like <gasps> putting fluoride in our water and making us gay oh my god yeah which fluoride in our water has so many different like people people take that to mean so many different things you know like when you're at the dentist it's like okay we're gonna you're getting like your dental cleaning yep. it's like okay we're gonna do the last thing so we're gonna put like the 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 things in your mouth with like the foam and they're gonna make your teeth like nice and shiny the person stands up no no <laughs> i'm straight i'm not gay <laughs> because that's so i'm not gonna be gay you realize like the foam that they put in those like like yep. little foam things it's like that's yeah that's fluoride yeah <laughs> yeah and i i do i'll admit i buy into some some parts of the fluoride uh in the water not specifically for making people gay but uh there have been signs anyway i i don't i'm that's a whole different that's topic. a whole other uh conspiracy theory that has nothing to do with this episode of biology bottles it's a cute fun fact though yeah thanks no problem. <laughs> uh while oldenwald and zhang did not take this to a place of implying that this was the same cause for homosexuality in humans by deftly avoiding saying outright in their paper that a single gene made a person homosexual uh but you didn't have to tell a reporter that for them to call eureka on a gay gene Ah, Which gets back to the popular culture kind of industry that has become just... It's like, oh my god, you have the gay gene. <laughs> you have the gay gene. Yeah, and 
Obviously, this reductivism is all too convenient for some people to take and run with. Uh, to quote from Gay Historian, which is, I don't know if he's a, a gay historian or uh, like a her. historian of the gays. Okay. Or both. But it's a great title, Gay Historian. Martin Duberman warns, quote, any finding will be used and twisted for homophobic purposes. I mean, that's just true. We see it every oh, yeah. single day. Yeah. And as if in response to Martin Duberman, an actual response of the Oldenwald uh, and Zang Fruit Flies, Lou Shelton, a spokesperson for the right-wing Traditional Values Coalition. Why am I not surprised? Just, just brace yourself at home. Uh, said, quote, if a biological cause of homosexuality is found, we would have to come up with a reparative therapy to correct that genetic defect. Uh, oh, man. Which, there are so many things wrong with there that. There is so many things wrong with that. And it, I think the worst part about it for me is that you can see exactly where he's coming from from reading this Times article saying, oh, look, like, what does this gay gene say about the origins of homosexuality? And then some, a guy like Lou Sheldon reads that and says, oh, great. Now I can give my nephew uh, medication so that he stops sleeping around, uh, you know. So, so he's not gay. I, I don't like the way that he dresses. He's gay. <laughs> I, 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 don't, don't, I don't like him. I, Why? He's gay. <laughs> I am too. I just don't admit it. <laughs> I'm too deep in the closet. <laughs> yep. It's too late for me. Uh Anyway, returning to, to gay fruit flies, another group of scientists doubting the purely genetic determinism of sexuality, uh, of this sexuality result, took genetically altered gay fruit flies and mixed them with a small group of straight or genetically untouched uh, flies. And while the gay flies formed their conga line and the straights initially stayed to the side, uh, within a few hours, the straights joined in and acted gay. Uh, and then... When females were added to the fly orgy, male suitors, including the genetically unmodified flies, rarely abandoned their partners in favor of females, regardless of original genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. So I guess you can. I guess flies can catch gay. Well, I don't know. What if they had, like, the female flies present from the start and then, like... Yeah. You know, I feel like that would have made for a better study because, like, obviously, mm -hmm. like, clearly this was also important. Like, just having the, uh, sorry, the genetically altered and the non-altered flies mm -hmm. together kind of tells us, like, okay, eventually they will adopt that new behavior. Mm -hmm. But what if the female flies were also there from the start? Would there yeah. still be male flies adopting the new behavior or not? That I didn't find anything on. So that's... Hmm. Uh, biologist researchers of today, that's your new thesis. Hit us up once You're again. Welcome. Remember to cite us. How gay are flies? Find out tonight. <laughs> or or whenever uh, you, you know what just <laughs> or whenever you're whenever you get bored and hit google yeah hey google how gay are flies hey siri am i gay coming up yes i can never we have to stop doing the coming up next thing okay <laughs> so i guess while we're making assumptions about humanity based on flies you can catch the gay and returning to a species that is slightly more sympathetic than a fly I'd like to talk about an epidemic that has been sweeping the ranches of the Midwest. Oh boy. This, this is a fun one. Uh, in the 80s, uh, people started to notice a declining rates of wool and lamb production in the western United States. And in 1990, Ann Perkins and James A. Fitzgerald at the U.S. Sheep Experimentation Center in Dubois, Idaho, found out why. During their observations of mating patterns in sheep, over a three-year period, they showed that 15 to 30% of rams had failed to show interest in female sheep and would instead prefer to mount males. And this is significant, obviously, for a lot of reasons. 
and we'll start with economical. One average RAM, with one average RAM, the sheep herder can have about 30 to 35 ewes. Okay. But with one stud RAM, the ratio goes up to about 100 to 125. On a stud RAM can cost between 350 and $4,000 American. And if there's a 30% chance that that stud is actually a homosexual dud, you, a Midwestern farmer, is kind of fucked. How much is um, not a stud, but like, I guess a regular, an average ram? Oh, probably like 20 bucks. Sorry, sorry, regular ram. I don't know. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, Maybe 100. Yeah. Because if there's like that much of a significant difference in their uh, reproductive capacity, then I suppose mm-hmm. there would also be like a similar like economic difference. But if it's like, like you said, 30% chance that the stud is actually homosexual, yeah. then you are like down... What was it? Three hundred fifty thousand to four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, three hundred fifty dollars to four thousand dollars. Oh, three hundred fifty. Sorry. Yeah. But if you're a Midwestern farmer that's making like maybe thirty thousand, that's a lot. Wouldn't it be better to just invest in a bunch of average Rams then? Maybe. Post with stuff. But then there's a good chance that those might have similar ratios, of or like similar numbers. You know. I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, and when you think of that. Given the Phoenix model, part of the part of the problem with Phoenix model that we didn't really talk on mm-hmm. is it was based on the idea, at least in humans, uh, that gay men are more heavy quotes feminine than straight men, which of course is a problem if anyone is familiar with like the super buff leather jacket uh, gays of the seventies and eighties, and also like lesbians too can be totally feminine, like it, it's not it's not a defining thing that is one hundred it's not. 100% applicable to any part of the, the sexuality spectrum. Yeah, it's not like, oh man, I lifted weights at the gym and I wear flannel, that's it, I'm gay. Like, there's nothing yeah. else that I can be. Like, Same, I'm only a lesbian. Like you yourself. Yeah, like, say, yeah. say like me, myself, mm-hmm. um, like, a woman. It, you like, go, goes, to the gym I go to the gym infinitely more than I do. Uh, I you are infinitely more gay than I am. Yep, yep. pretty much, yeah. Like, if Sorry, that's, Yulia. like, what we're trying to say, then... Yep, you gotta, you're gonna have uh, to turn shoot, off I your I lost Tinder. all my rights. Well, as a woman, it's not like I had any anyway, so... <laughs> Fair enough. All right. No, I'm kidding. I right. do have some. Have some? It's Canada. It's we're pretty Canada. good. Canada. I've got we're, a few. We're pretty okay, yeah. I think. Not perfect, but... Not perfect, but I mean, we're pretty good compared to other countries, right. so... Uh, and under the light of the Phoenix model, if mm. you can take that as an absolute, you would be able to see a bodily difference in sheep as a result of their more feminine brains. Right. And this is a problem because this is not at all the case. Mm-hmm. Gay rams have, to our knowledge, almost the exact same hormonal system and brain with no observed problems in their genitals or libido. Uh, <laughs> so there's literally, like, no physiological no, difference there's between nothing. a gay or a straight ram. They've been researching this <laughs> since 1990, and I haven't found a lick of evidence showing that there's a physiological difference between a gay or straight ram. <laughs> the only thing that they do have, they theorized at the, the Sheep Experimentation Center, which... It sounds like a place you make up. It's like, sorry, I can't make the date. I'm at the Sheep Experimentation Center of Midwestern America. Anyway, heterosexual rams showed higher testosterone levels when presented with a female ewe, and homosexual rams, they'd theorized, uh, would show higher testosterone levels when presented with a male ewe. And this wasn't the case, uh, which disproved the sexual inversion hypothesis of the Phoenix model. In its place, they proposed an interactive model according to which early life behavioral imprinting might have a priming effect on the hypothalamic structures, modifying the higher brain centers and thus influencing the hormonal response to female or male stimuli. Therefore, homosexuality might have a biological substrate linked not to sexual dimorphism, but along the lines of sexual orientation. All right. I think that's pretty cool. That's like, I don't know. 
It's not like necessarily like a physical attribute, right. I suppose. Right. But more about like, I guess this is kind of where the nurture versus nature falls mm-hmm. into, comes into play, right? So. And especially when you compare this 1990 study to the 1991 of Simone LeVay with his rats. Yeah. If you think about that, all he's doing is like changing the rat's brain so that it's like, it's basically a trans rat, if I can mm, say that. Because it has a female right. brain in a male body. And so it acts female, but rats unfortunately don't have the same access to. Uh, I would just say like be careful with that wording, just because yeah. like, because what he did was that he kind of he um, modified the brain like surgically, mm. right? So he, right. So he's like, oh yeah, this is a like a broken brain or something. So right. Just you know, I don't think like, okay, maybe yeah. using like trans rat is the right word for it, just because like they were like, oh, like it's a genetic. I guess he event. more he more like simulated the female brain. Yeah, yeah, I think that was like yeah. they attempted to simulate a female brain in order to see if that would change the right. expression. And so if we're action. if we're drawing parallels from rats to humanity, which we should that and we shouldn't, then that would be kind of along the lines of what we'd be seeing. Yeah. Not perfect analogy. And again, it's not just one part of the brain, like he said. And Simone LeVay got in tons of shit in, in the scientific community. People were like, what are you doing? As he should There deserve. is so many problems with this. But of course, uh, popular popular media was... The media did not care. They just no, said, they were gay like, rats. Yeah. There's so much money in saying, gay. guys, look, gay. <laughs> yeah, that's Gay. Okay. <laughs> Naturally, with the sheep, there were minimal media coverings of these findings in either mainstream or gay newspapers. Which, I don't know, I think I, that made me kind of sad. Uh, this is so far from LeVay's sexually inverted lordotic male rats, which were compared to gay men. The gay rams were a problem because they were exquisitely masculine and the farmers were buying them. In the human context, of course, it's natural to have masculine gay men. And they're they're not just men with women's minds. So do you think maybe this perpetuates into like, sorry, just going back to the humans right. here. Um, like perpetuates the idea that if you're... Uh, quote-unquote falling under the gay umbrella then mm. you have to be like effeminate in some way mm. if you're a male you have to present yeah, it like, in a way that's kind of more feminine or like soft because mm. that's what it means to be like gay right like feminine or like it doesn't mean to like you can't be hyper masculine yeah i guess in our society like that's not it's, it's not saying that like you as a person who falls under that mm-hmm. umbrella mm-hmm. Like, can't do that but that's what society is kind of saying and because yeah. it doesn't fall in with the idea of like what society wants that's probably why the media wasn't reporting it yeah, and and I mean that, that's that's basically the nail on the head. Is it wasn't what people wanted. People liked to be able to look and say, oh, this part of the brain makes you gay. Oh, this gene modifies serotonin levels and makes you have gay or G conga lines. That's what they like. That's because it makes you more. It's not even like it makes you less of a man. It just makes mm-hmm. you more like a woman. Or sorry, not less like a male, more like a female. Yes. That makes sense. Maybe. Going back to like the the whole rat study, it's like oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. the brains like they instead of looking like the male brain, it looks like the female brain. So it's right. like and they assume was, that gay men are just like men with a female brain, which is or like wrong. Yep. Yep. Men or like men trying to emulate fe- women's behavior. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Again, so many things wrong with that statement. Yes. So many things wrong. Yes. Um, continuing yes. on our path towards animals that we can actually kind of see ourselves in. Ooh. I'm sure you, as with every other person mildly interested in gay animals on the planet, uh, have heard of these fuzzy lovers, which you mentioned briefly right before the, uh, the start of the episode. Rhesus monkeys, also known as macaques, have tons and tons of sex. 
They have been called our oversexed relatives, and some circles of biology have jokingly termed sex to be the bonobo handshake, <laughs> which I like. I am going to use that from now on. Bonobo handshake, everyone. It's my thing. You can't say it. In 1979, and we're we're kind of going back in time because we started. Oh yeah, bonobo handshake. Trademark Sorry, biologists that actually made up the the original joke. It's mine now. Can't have it. Popped it, locked it, put it in my pocket. Primatologists Gene S. Akers and Clinton H. Conway. Sorry, when was this study conducted? Again? 1979. Right. Okay, thank you. So we're, we're going back in time from 1995, gay flies, 1991, lordotic rats, 1990, was gay ram sheep. It's underreported because it's not what the people wanted yes. to do. So. Yeah. It's in 1979, so that's actually 40 years ago. Yeah. That's crazy to think about, honestly. Mm -hmm. What else happened in 1979? When did when did Princess Bride come out? I think that's kind of how I how oh, I gauge time. Um, how many Princess Brides ago was this? <laughs> I think that was either like early 80s. I think it was early 80s. Like 83 or something. But leave in the comments there. section, which we don't have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that as if this is like a YouTube video or something. Yeah. This is a podcast. <laughs> what are the people gonna do? Leave a review. Leave in, a in five star review whatever. with your comments. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Anyway. Uh, their, their, their study was really interesting because as opposed to just measuring homosexual activity among, among adult females and males as a yes or no empirical quantitative booty popping response like LaVey and the rats, they observed context specific interpretations. And it was big in that it used homosexual in reference to strong affectional ties such as courtship and physical contact between females. The bout or approach between two partners involves circling, jumping up and down, hide-and-seek, kissing, hugging, and eventually rubbing clits. Which the first three and a half, I think, sounds like something humans should do more. If a date consisted of circling, jumping up and down, and hide-and-seek... Oh yeah, like that's catch me at the singles bar. Like that's that's a good time, right? Like I think I would love to play. Like imagine it's just like mm. you go to Walmart with someone's like, okay, let's play hide and seek. Okay, <laughs> that'd be so. Oh, you know fun. those like big big bins that are full of balls. Yeah. Yeah, I'm big enough that I think I can I can probably find See, my way in. I'm small enough that I can not only climb my way in, but I would also stay hidden. You're too you're too big. You'd like people I, would see your your. I would hair. just like put a balloon on my head. <laughs> that would help me blend in. <laughs> Yeah, and, and one more interesting thing is yeah. the hormonal correlations they found were statistically significant, but the researchers wanted to stress two equally important findings. Although homosexual activity could be linked to menstrual, menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. uh, going with the idea that hormones regulate, you know, erratic activities such as homosexuality. Especially in women, because women are <laughs> irrational on their periods. Yes. Hurt or her, oh, it's her, her, it's her, it's her time of the month. That's why she's <laughs> that so angry. That must be why she's expressing her feelings in a normal way. Oh, God forbid. Although homosexual activity could be linked to the menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. strong binds between females are not totally bound by endocrine factors. Right. And simultaneously with heterosexual activity, bonds between females were maintained or intensified. Ooh, interesting. Yep. Some female macaques formed outgoing, <laughs> usually non-monogamous relationships Ooh, with one another. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's a good time. Complete with their own favorite spot in the corral to have sexual contact. From watching them, it seems that sex was used to form social cohesion, with the mounter usually being the high-ranking female and high-ranking females tending not to have sex with other high-ranking females. Oh my god, tops and bottoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in monkeys. 
<laughs> and of course, we're not supposed to extrapolate, but uh, tops and bottoms. Okay, but like again, we when we extrapolate, we're doing it like as a criticism of the fact that people consistently. Mm. It's like, oh my god, we we witnessed homosexuality in animals. That means that it's either not natural because because the rat brains mm-hmm. were were broken. Yeah. Or it's because uh, we we don't care about it because even if it is naturally occurring, it's not what we want to say. So exactly. we're cherry picking the information here, which is what you should never do when you're never examining do. a study, especially especially in something work. with such wide range implications. Oh yeah, like, and with the possibility an actual, to marginalize like, real an life entire issues. like person, like yep. hood, yep. person, yeah, people, yes, them, us, all of us. We're good with words. Yeah, uh, on. my minor's English. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say so- social cohesion, do you mean it's like? Um, solidifying the social status of a mm-hmm. monkey within the group already, or yep. is it improving the the social bonds within members of the group? Both. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. It's an interesting kind of hierarchy that they they build based on how good you fuck. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't think that's. I don't. I don't think that's Maybe how they. It's, it's not... probably more like size and like fitness. Yeah, that and anyway. also like w- which one has like a more uh, I guess like aggressive. I'm using that term hesitantly, but it just, like, in terms of animals, like, which ones are more, like, dominant? Yeah. Like, those are probably the ones that are higher ranking. Probably. Macaques are interesting in that homosexual relations seem to be more the rule than the exception. Following courtship, only 6% of females uh, would refuse another female, while a whopping 27% would sit down or run away from their male suitor during a dance. Yeah. Burn. On the other gender, males were more recently observed uh, solving disputes and reducing tension by having penis-to-penis sword fights. <laughs> In the conclusion of Gene and Clinton's paper... Wait, sorry, before we continue. Yes. So literally a dick measuring contest. I don't know. If, I guess it would be a dick measuring contest. It's like, oh, herder, mine's bigger than <laughs> yours. <laughs> okay, but it was... Like, I, I watched a I watched a little video and unfortunately didn't save the link, maybe because it was just too much for me at the time. But they were, they were just kind of like... So what they were just like flaccid going at it just no 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 oh. they were they were full on, it was a sword fight not a pool noodle oh okay <laughs> yeah All no right. they were they were into it and um female macaques actually do the same thing uh, there was another video which again I unfortunately didn't save I'm sure it's of two macaques two macaques fighting over like a mango mm-hmm. piece of mango yeah and then you know at first they're fighting and then it just kind of transitions into into one like pleasuring the other one oh and the one that is pleasured gives up the mango. Oh my god. Which is I mean Imagine. what a what a hippie free love kind of beautiful relationship. I don't know if that's I don't know. I don't know. Imagine I, again, if that's, that's how humans asserted dominance. I'm right, no, I'm right, or like I want this. No, but I want it. Okay, well guess you know what happens now. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going down on who? Okay. <laughs> Fucking do it. Oh my god. Yep. Anyway, (laughs) in the conclusion, they write, uh, the homosexual relationship appears to allow for the expression of many behaviors which are not masculine or feminine. Therefore, homosexual activity in adult non-human primates is not simply training for heterosexuality. It exists concurrently with heterosexual activity and is often preferred to it. The value in homosexuality in rhesus monkeys is placed on affectional and social ties. Similarly to the gay sheep conclusion, there is minimal media coverage of this publication. Again, I'm not surprised because nope. it's like, oh, but wait, what do you mean people prefer to have gay se- or sorry, what do you mean the animals prefer to have gay sex over straight sex? Mm-hmm. What do you mean sex isn't just for reproductive reasons? There must be something wrong with that. That doesn't make sense. 
that doesn't Mm-mm. that doesn't make sense with what Darwin was talking about. And I think the the great thing is so many of these thought processes are are built on maximizing Darwinian like efficiency. Mm-hmm. When Darwin himself is like, I don't really know what's going on here, so I'm not going to talk about it. Like yeah, he like, knew. He he knew he wasn't qualified about it. Yeah. He didn't understand it. He's like, okay, so I'm gonna leave that for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, there are, there is a humanity in the next 200 years that might be able to to touch on this and figure out what i don't really understand right now what i do understand is evolution yes <laughs> i think i think which yes. is his famous is it's like his famous he draws out the tree of evolution yeah and the first sketch it's uh it's kind of like you know it's a tree of yeah. evolution uh and on the top it says i think oh beautiful i think gay <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what Shout the, out to Darwin. The Thanks, the ram, like the scientist said, like the scientist with the the study, like mm-hmm. that's what it's like. I think, gay. <laughs> I think gay. <laughs> I think gay. Also, though, um, again, uh-huh. to extrapolate to uh, humans, yes. how many like, um, like memes or just like things have you seen about like straight girls being like, oh my god, I wish I could go for girls, or like I wish I could just like turn gay because I don't have to deal with all the mm-hmm. problems from guys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, again, what are like, your what are your thoughts on that? Like, because, one, like, inherently problematic. Right, because that, that implies that it's gay like, people chose yeah, to be gay. Yeah, you chose to be gay. Uh-huh. But, uh, again, like, extrapolating to, from, like, from that, the rhesus macaque study, uh-huh. um, considering the fact that only 6% of females ran away. Yeah. Then, isn't it kind of like, oh, wow, because homosexual relationships are preferred... Then you know what about what does that say about humans in that regard? Yeah, is that maybe why there are so many girls that are like, oh my gosh, I wish I was gay, or like I wish I could go for girls. Uh-huh. You know, like. Do you think maybe that's like inherent, or or not not inherent, I but like that's the question. It's yeah. I mean, that's something that we. Is it them? I like, think we can't say whether or not it is, but we can express the desire to find out one day. Exactly. Yeah. But maybe it's like a like a subconscious like mechanism to try and reject heteronormative society. <laughs> but maybe, uh, yeah, it's just like I'm that. sure Simone de Beauvoir would have something to say about that. Definitely, definitely. definitely. Simone de Beauvoir, my girl, beautiful book, The Second Sex. Uh, I haven't read it, but I have listened to about eight hours of podcasts on it. So, huh. good shit. Good stuff. In gender studies and popular culture. Uh, critical debates concerning the complexity of sexual expression and especially of women's sexual autonomy and agency seems to have occurred out of earshot of many scientists in this area. That, or they have been made sufficiently uncomfortable by such cultural developments uh, to be inclined to use nature to counter or contain them within reductivist ideas, such as the Phoenix model, uh, LaVey's transgender mice, if I can use that. Uh, as you... It, uh, Using that word hesitantly, uh, or Oldenwald and Zhang's flies. Mm-hmm. I'd like to quote from this. This is the this is a part of the episode where we go a little bit happier. I'd like to quote from a paper in Medical Science News published in October 2006 by Peter Brockman, a professor from University of Oslo's Against Nature's Order. Question mark? Yeah, question. With with a question, it's hard to express. Yes. Exhibition in the Norwegian Natural History Museum. Okay. Quote. Homosexuality is quite common in the animal kingdom, especially among herding animals. Many animals solve conflicts by practicing same-gender sex. We have a Darwinist mentality that all animals only have sex to procreate, but there are plenty of animals who will masturbate when they have nothing better to do. Masturbation has been observed among primates, deer, killer whales, and penguins, and in both males and females. Also in dolphins. 
Also, yeah. dol- dolphins oh, there is... do use pufferfish to get high, don't they? I believe it. <laughs> like, I, I could have sworn I've read that somewhere. I definitely am going to be doing an episode on animals that get high. Oh, Maybe for wonderful. April 20th. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. 420. Uh, continuing with the quote. Orangutans are especially inventive in that they make dildos of wood and bark. Our fundamental premise in social debates that homosexuality is unnatural. This premise is wrong. Homosexuality is both common and highly essential in the lives of a number of species. I'd like to follow up that quote with one from Philip Wiley, a famous American author. Mm-hmm. Quote, we behave sexually like other mammals, apes, horses, dogs. Centuries of suppression alter us not a jot. It is a sterling proof that instinct, not vanity in the guise of reason, is our guide. Which I think is a great way of approaching homosexuality. Yeah, in, it's also basically terms. saying everyone's horny. We just want to <laughs> feel nice. And that sometimes, like, it, we just want to do it however it feels good to us. And for some people, that means heterosexuality. For some people, that means homosexuality. And for others, that means masturbation. Yep. I think so long as you're doing it respectfully. Obviously not... consensually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then like, you can go for it. And for also, the boys. You know, like... Pound one out. <laughs> Um, now that we've made it through the weeds of socio-political contextualization yes. of what it means to call animals gay yep. and how right or wrong it may be, I'd like to go through a big long list of gay animals for our listeners whose minds haven't yet been sufficiently blown. Ooh. Yeah. So now that we know how wrong it is to say this animal is homosexual, this animal is gay, we're just going to do that because oh, yeah. that's the that's the essence of biology baubles right. is being able to, it's baubles. It's not, I'm not the partially examined life like i (laughs) catch me in three years maybe but but really quick though when we say like animals are gay we're just using gay as the umbrella term right for like any sort of like non-extrapolation is dangerous we're just here to have fun yes yeah homosexual behavior has been observed scientifically in 1500 animal species as of 2007 with species ranging from primates to crabs to worms do the slugs count Yes, yes, I would say so. Uh, and Peter Brokman talks about a lot of them in his uh, University of Oslo Natural History Museum Against Nature's Order Ooh. exhibition. So cool. if you're ever there, check it out. There's lots of cool stuff to do in Oslo, aside from hide from the sun. <laughs> <clears throat> Giraffes. Nine out of ten pairings occur between males. Albatrosses. On some islands in Hawaii, up to 30% of couples are lesbian birds who will have sex with an alpha male once and then raise that child jointly as their own, (laughs) while, of course, having rigorous lesbian bird sex and dances. Hmm. Which is cute. Vultures are often gay. Uh, In 1998, two griffin vultures at the Jerusalem Biblical Zoo engaged in, quote, open and energetic sex, building a nest together. In response, the keepers gave them an artificial egg, which the vultures incubated lovingly. And at 45 days, the keepers replaced it with a baby vulture who was healthily raised. This ended a little bit sadly uh, when one became interested in a female vulture and and left his first lover, who consequently became so depressed that they had to move him to the Zoological Research Center at Tel Aviv University, where he too found a female partner to love. No, that's so sad. Yeah, love Simon. (laughs) Let's get that guy on it. Whoever made that. Uh, Vultures. Yeah, with their ball sack necks. I mean, you can't not be a little bit gay if that's what your head looks like, I think. 
I mean, I hadn't even considered that. Like, I was just like, oh my god, like, they raised, like, a little chick. Yeah. Like, it was its own like, I think we, own Let's baby. focus on that one. Like, That's so cute, so right? heartwarming, you know? Yeah. No, like, it was it, totally... They even had, like, a fake egg. Do you think they mm-hmm. realized it was a fake egg? Or, like, they just... Well, they incubated it, it. Like, in... in... Then that, that means that they thought it was real. Like, yeah. they had, like, an actual baby to... Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've got a lot of feels about this. Like, I can't... That's okay. Uh, I, we'll, we'll go it's over some more, um, just fun ones <laughs> bisons partake in courtship homosexual courtship of course mm-hmm. mounting and full penetration between bulls has been observed in american bison oh. so often that the mandan's nation mandan's nation okipa festival which is probably pronounced horribly sorry mandan nation which concludes with a dance that is said to be a ceremonial reenactment of this to ensure that the return of the buffalo that's so cute yeah and i tried to find a video of that as well but um I guess there's not a whole lot of coverage of Mandan Nation Okiba Festival concluding dance either. I suppose not, probably just because, like, I guess out of, like, a respect thing. It's yeah. Like, it seems like it's a very, um, something mm-hmm. that's very deeply ingrained into their tradition and their culture. So. Yeah. Female cows, mm-hmm. when in heat, will often mount each other. Yeah. Particularly if a bull is watching, Ooh. which is interesting because... Is that, like, voyeurism supposed to be? Or? Maybe. Maybe. I kind of think... Like, I'm not, it's it's hard to tell if that's homosexuality or the kind of thing where girls do at clubs. Again, extrapolating to we're humans like is wrong. It, yeah, again, it's where wrong. They're like, we're here oh, to oh that, there's a guy, oh you're just God, like, come here so and funny. dance on me. Or like, oh, let's like make out in front of some guys. Cause, like, <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll like, uh, blah, haha, they'll buy us drinks. Yeah. Yeah, except that in this, in this context, it's either them having sex with the bull instead of buying drinks or them just getting riled up. Or them getting like, inseminated by the bull but then they raise the calf on their own yeah possible male lions okay this this one actually this one fucked with me a little bit male (laughs) lions often band together with the brothers to lead their pride strengthening their bond by having sex with each other Uh, you're familiar with the plot of lion king right you mean hamlet but yes of course okay let's let's take hamlet but make it lion gay (laughs) scar was mustafa's brother no oh no don't do this to me was was scar and Mustafa's fight, a power conflict or a lover's quarrel? No! Oh, <laughs> man, I did not need that today. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, male lions are gay with their brothers uh, to strengthen their bond and lead the pride together. Oh my God. Wait, does that mean that the top is, like, the leader? And then, like, I assume they, they, so. They fight for dominance over who's the top? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, what if... Yo! Scar was a bottom. Ah, bum, no. bum, bum. <laughs> okay, come on. We can't I'm tell never going to. I should have I should have watched the uh, Disney Lion King before I the before new you one. did this. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch it the same way ever again. I'm, I'm going to need a few months to just process that. Yeah, and be like, ready I for can't it. look at Scar or like even like bring up an image of him in my mind without thinking of him as like anything but a bottom. So. Oh, no, don't do this to me. Not right now. <laughs> Are you actually searching up Scar right now? Mm. Okay, look at that face. Okay, come on. You can't tell me that he does not look like a twink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, you research up uh, an image of Scar right now. It's how we click on the first image from yep, Google Images. Yep, do it at home. We're going to give you some uh, some dead air. Yep. And try Did you do it yet? That it does not, that Scar do it. does not look like a twink. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in the review section. Like an angsty emo twink. Yep. Give us a five-star review if you think Scar is a twink. <laughs> Bats? Bats. 
<laughs> Moving on. Bats uh, are basically gay icons. We stand. With more than 20 species of bats having been documented. This is just the ones that we know about. Okay. Uh, to engage in sexual behavior or homosexual behavior, including mutual homosexual grooming and licking. Ooh. Homosexual masturbation, mm -hmm. homosexual play, homosexual mounting, coercive sex, and cross-species homosexual sex. Huh. Yeah. I mean, so like, bats are kinky. Yeah, like, dang, they go, that's really kinky. They fucking go down. I'm sorry about other. that. I also burped. But, oh, that's um, okay. I've been slurping. Like, <laughs> listen to that. Okay, but that's how you know the tea is good. Or, like, the coffee. I guess. You know, but um, yeah, I was going to say like mammalian uh, creatures, mm. they generally have like some form of grooming as a form of like, I guess, to build social bonds, oh, and yeah. social cohesion. Super common. Mm -hmm. especially but then this people. also goes beyond just grooming and the, the benefits oh, yeah, no, there. It's, 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 it's definitely some gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out the bats. Penguins mm -hmm. are famously gay uh, who often have males mate with other males for life. Who are particularly cute because unlike some species such as the albatross or vulture males who have partnered with other males will only ever mate with males regardless of if a female is available right that's because you know the whole part of mate for life yeah so you know but do they uh i guess like my question here mm -hmm. is if they are given like a chick or an egg will they incubate the egg and will they raise the chick i imagine so because i've heard stories about penguins incubating uh and, and gay and gay relationships penguins incubating rocks Oh yeah, like because like to simulate it, an egg. Yeah, but they don't have one. So. Mm -hmm. And the, there, there is a little bit of um, this is a little bit touchy because I imagine there, there's an evolutionary aspect, an advantage of having gay penguins, mm -hmm. in that if a if if another egg is left unprotected or if their their parent dies, then the gay couple can kind of step in and adopt it, mm -hmm. which. I think we should just focus on how cute it is that there are gay penguins rather than saying gay penguins exist to pick up the slack of other penguins. Yeah, um, yeah. just like the whole like that they like stay together for life. I just think that's yeah. really cute. Especially yeah, like is. after the heartbreaking story of the vultures, like they yeah. had they had a kid, they raised a kid, <laughs> Thor, and then you know what people and change. One of them left, and so do vultures. Oh, gets no Talk about sloppy seconds, vultures, oh. kings and queens, we queens. Yes. Just queens. Just queens. <laughs> Just queens. <laughs> Elephants. Because uh, we go to queens. And because gay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Elephants, both African and Asian, engage in same-sex bonding and mounting, often associated with affectionate interactions such as kissing, trunk intertwining, and placing trunks in each other's mouths. I'm guessing placing the trunk in the other one's mouth is kind of like, again, extrapolating to humans, mm -hmm. which is not good. Right. Um, like, uh, I mean, humans imagine... do that shit too. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. Like, they would just put their, like, their entire, like, tongue also, person's mouth. like, imagine... But who does that? Like, Oh, no, I'm, I'm more thinking, like, like I would, like, with fingers. Oh, okay. Okay, but to be fair, if you had a trunk yes. and you loved someone, I would constantly be holding their trunk in my trunk. I would just, like... Well, that's like holding hands. Yeah, except, like, it just, like, wraps around oh, yeah, like, and it's, like... Intertwining, it's mm -hmm. just, like, oh, so cute. Isn't that so cute? So the next time you see two elephants intertwining... They could be gay. They could be gay. Or they could just be in love, which is equally cute, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, either way, oh, they're in love. This one's this it, one's so, kind of a... You know. This one's a... This was a weird... This is the most alpha example of homosexuality I've encountered oh, in yeah? nature. Yep. Male flower beetles mount each other and deposit sperm in each other so that if the male carrying the sperm has sex, mm -hmm. it might instead have fertilized its mate with its previous partner's DNA. Hold on. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That is the 
biggest flex in the animal kingdom. I'm going to fuck you so that the next person you fuck, I am fucking. Or not fucking, reproducing with. Oh my god. That kind of reminds me of, like, like cuttlefish in a way. It's like... Cuttlefish, really? Okay, because you know how, like, um, large cuttlefish, like, large males, that's how they attract females, but then the way that, like, small, clever males, Mm -hmm. how they, like... They pretend oh, to do be you a think... female, and then they hide Yo. in the, like, the ma- uh, like, under the male cuttlefishes, like, the larger ones, and then they have sex with the female underneath the large right. male cuttlefish. <laughs> and then and then they just kind of, like, walk away, like, never mind, I don't want to hook up with you anymore. Yeah, but they also have to avoid like... being detected by the male, because if they are detected by the male, then, like, you know, right. they're done for. But... Huh. Do you think maybe the like, male flower beetle... Like another flex, you know? No. Okay. I, I, I was trying to spin it to think maybe, like... The male flower beetle would try to convince the other male flower beetle that the first male flower beetle was a female, so that it would mount it. But no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, it doesn't work like that. That would be a funny flex, though. That like, that is some like, like what about like that's some transference. Betty Goodman. Okay, almost all dolphins are bisexual. They'll they'll do homosexual stuff for social benefits and reproduce heterosexually, but primarily they'll like. They'll spend a lot more time being homosexual than heterosexual, which is interesting. Meeting, and this this goes well, even further. Well, just kind of suggest that, like, they only engage in heterosexual reproduction for reproductive reasons? If they prefer right. to, like, yeah, if they engage prefer, in, like, that sort of sexual And there are some heterosexual dolphins, and there are some... Oh, of course, there are some... Homosexual heter- dolphins. Right, right, but yeah. are isn't it, like, just kind of interesting, I guess? Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it is. Like, if they are normally, like, for them, the norm is homosexual. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of like artificial insemination. They don't really have that option, so they have to go to the guys. But, like, I think there are a lot of dolphins out there that if you said, you don't have to, you don't have to do this. You can just do your own thing and then come into the clinic and we'll just, baby, they do it, I think. Oh, yeah. This goes even further, uh, where meetings between different dolphin species or different dolphin pods of the same species can be resolved with an orgy. <laughs> oh man, you know only what? dolphins. I'm somehow not surprised. Yeah, yeah. I think honest. at this point, with like, like elephants and then the flower beetle, like that. Okay, dolphin orgies. Cool. I think I think that takes the, the crown so far. Okay, you, are like, you ready for something cute? Flex. Are you ready for something cute? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay, tortoises. Jonathan, the world's oldest tortoise, mm-hmm. has been mating with another tortoise named Frederica since 1991. And in 2017, it was discovered that Frederica was actually a man. And he was renamed Frederick. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That's so adorable. They've been together in this, like, consistent. So much so that. Like, everyone cites it as, like, because, like, uh-huh. you know, it's the oldest tortoise in the world. Yeah. That relationship is 28 years old. I would say that that that. Interaction lasts longer than a lot of marriages do today. 29 years old. Yeah. 29. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry. Thank you. Lizards are gay. Yes. Okay. Is that it? Yep. That's <laughs> a lot of them are gay. Okay. That's it. Like, um, that, you know, that should have just been the whole episode. Like, you know, we start off. It's like, hello, everyone. Welcome hello, everyone. To Welcome today's... to Biology Bobbles. Uh, today, we're just going to be going through a list of animals and saying whether or not they're gay. Elephants, and... gay. Crabs, gay. gay. Uh, lions, gay. gay. Tortoises, gay. gay. Vultures, lizards. Gay. Uh, I just kind of skipped one there. Okay. Uh, Hyenas very are very interesting. Oh, they're 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 complicated. Oh, okay. uh, because they live in a matriarchal family structure with okay. strongly sexual elements routinely observed between related females, mm-hmm. largely due to females' uh, unique urogenital system, which looks more like a penis than a vagina. So, girl hyenas kind of have dicks. 
Like they don't they don't have them have them, but it looks like it. Okay. Uh, so much so that ancient naturalists thought that they were hermaphroditic males practicing homosexuality. Huh, interesting. Also, um, hyenas are actually significantly, like, female hyenas are uh. hyenas are significantly larger than male hyenas. Oh, yeah, because um, it's matriarchal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is a, this is a hyena vagina. Hmm, interesting. Yep. Uh, I could have sworn that I read somewhere that in, like, one, I suppose, mm-hmm. like, hyena, what's it called? Like, a group of hyenas. Mm-hmm. Like, the uh, collective noun oh. for it. I guess, sure, let's, yeah, let's call it a pack. I think it's just a pack, okay. hyena pack. Um, that, oh, right, because I guess they're kind of, like, dogs related to I guess dogs, hide up and pack, I don't know if they're dogs or cats either way they have female hyenas are hung yeah like horse hung yep <laughs> um what I was trying to get at though is mm-hmm. that like there's this one pack of I read somewhere about this one pack of hyenas that all of the males in one generation had died out so and they were the super aggressive males and the female hyenas were like well since now we're the old ones we can teach all the new hyenas huh. that we don't want them to be uh ultra like hyper aggressive because wow that shit's annoying so they like conditioned then, the men to be yeah and then every generation after that there were no more hyper aggressive there is a margaret atwood book in this there was like a hyper aggressive like behavior from a male hyena they're like hey no stop nope. that we hey. don't like that yeah yeah like, like basically training dog like hey what's in your mouth <laughs> what's in your mouth <laughs> have you ever uh heard the comparison of frat boys to gorillas oh uh no but i have the feeling like just deep in my soul i know where you're going with this. yeah i'd love to hear it though and that's because gorillas uh often form all male bachelor packs <laughs> as, and and perform kind of frat hazing social bonding rituals <laughs> that's that's a, a that's that's all you need to know on that that's <laughs> they, they just do that uh, i suppose they're not really allowed to call it hazing anymore because that's kind of like a you're oh, basically that like... saying that like yeah we're excluding people unless they join our cult yeah for whatever I mean, that, that 100% is. It, have that's you seen literally what hazing is. If you haven't is. seen Euphoria, if you're out there listening. I have not because I do not have the thing for Euphoria. What's oh. it on? HBO. I crave, yeah. Crave Craving I... HBO. You have to you have to pay double. Anyway. Uh, polecats. Mm-hmm. Gay. Wonderful. Marmots. Gay. I'm not surprised. And in conclusion of this episode, basically everything is gay. Beautiful. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my eight-page script for the Valentine's Day episode. Ooh. How do you feel? Um, I was definitely like quite long. Would but... you say your your faith in humanity has increased or decreased since uh, the hour and a bit um, since we started? I'd say that in vultures, uh, decreased. Because... Decreased faith in vultures. Okay. Because, because that one vulture left the other one. Yeah, but they How also loved each other for like five years. And then just leave. That doesn't make sense to me, no. At least um, they waited until the child was, like, grown. Okay, yeah. well... Like, the, the, the vulture was, like, a young adult. Like, okay, okay. Up. Well, I guess that's not so bad, but still. Yeah, I guess in humanity, uh, definitely when we were talking, like, from the start, mm-hmm. like, 1990s and, like, earlier, like, when... Oh, especially with, like, the media un- purposely under-reporting um, certain studies and over-reporting others. Yeah, and that still definitely happens today. Like, of like, course. Like, the Phoenix model is still a really big thing in the scientific community. And to be fair, there are some studies that are showing there's correlations in, in sexuality, but it's definitely not the defining factor by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so I guess I'm just kind of at a neutral point with humanity. Okay. But, like, if we keep extrapolating, like, animal behavior to mm-hmm. humans, which, from the start, was just not yeah right you know i going into this episode i wasn't really looking to take on the idea you know that the darwinian mentality that we're just evolved monkeys but 
like there there is at some degree kind of the separation from us in, in animals especially brought to light by sexuality yeah it's interesting anyhow uh all the listeners at home thank you for joining us uh and we'll see you again in two weeks yep Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.